Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Sixty-some years ago, the automotive industry coined the phrase automation. Well, we've come a long way since then. Bill Lee will be joining us from Nightscope. Nightscope is a design and automation company that uses autonomous data machines used to monitor crimes in malls, parking lots, and in neighborhoods. They're robots, folks. They're about five feet tall, about 400 pounds. And when you haven't seen them, they always see you. It's fascinating to hear how this company evolved and what Bill is doing to help secure this country and you and businesses. Find out in this Serving a Business Soup how security has a new vision right here at the table at Business Soup. Bill, welcome to this Serving a Business Soup. Thanks for having us. It's been a goal of mine to find out who was behind or in that robot that I saw wandering about a mall a while back. And I'm going, what is that thing? And I'm following it around. Then it turned around and started following me. I guess I was of a suspicious character. And you are the CEO of Nightscope. So let's just say that you and I met for the first time at a, uh, at a party, at a reception. And I asked you, well, Bill, what is it that you do with Nightscope? So what is your cocktail version of a speed pitch? Sure. So Nightscope, we build uh, fully autonomous security robots. Uh, that are helping the 2 million law enforcement officers and security professionals better secure the places you visit, work, live, and play. It's a unique combination of self-driving autonomous technology, robotics, and artificial intelligence to give a human, I'll say, almost magical powers at their fingertips to better secure a location. So when you say it's an autonomous vehicle... It's not a car. It's one of these odd-looking things that is wandering about, performing, could be anything. And in the case that I saw, it was security detail. It's quite innocuous in its presentation other than, what is that? So it's able to monitor the activities of what's going on in a mall and be able to alert someone if there is a security situation, or is it just the eyes and ears of somebody in a monitored position? So there's two things actually going on at the same time. One is uh, we have numerous form factors and sizes of the machines from a stationary one to an indoor one, outdoor one. If you visit us at nightscope.com, you can check them out there. The one that's one of the most popular is uh, the K5 outdoor. And one of the first things we want to do from a security standpoint, which most people don't realize, is just providing a physical deterrence can stop a lot of negative behavior. So, for example, if we put a marked police car in front of your home or your office or on the highway, criminal behavior changes or your foot's going to hit that brake immediately without even thinking about it. The K5 is five foot tall, 400 pounds. It roams around on its own uh, autonomously without any human intervention. And then the second thing is to grab as much data from the environment impossible that no human could ever possibly digest. So these machines generate over 90 terabytes of data a year. And we put that into with some machine learning and artificial intelligence into a format that a human can actually utilize. So detect certain things that uh, might be of interest for a security guard to keep an eye on. Putting it into my perspective, it wanders about and it's able to collect all this information around my property. Let's say I'm a tenant in a mall and it is going about in its autonomous fashion, taking record of everything that is within its scope, whether it sees it or hears it. 
Yeah, our clients are certainly malls, law enforcement agencies, numerous hospitals, manufacturing facilities, logistics facilities, commercial real estate, Fortune 1000 corporations, basically anywhere indoors or outdoors, you might see a security guard, a fair opportunity for us. And the machines, for example, can read 1,200 license plates a minute and run it against a database that the, the client might have. You can detect a mobile device within a few hundred feet of the machine and treat that mobile device as if it's a license plate. You can detect a person. You can detect the person. You can run a thermal scan of the environment. Security guards can even speak through the machine as if it's a mobile PA system. Uh, or it can automatically issue broadcast audio warnings. So there's a lot of opportunities for the machine to do the monotonous, computationally heavy stuff and sometimes dangerous stuff that you don't want the humans necessarily to be doing. So, for example, do you want to be the security guard at a hospital right now? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, and not to be funny about it, but, you know, the robots are immune and are continuing sure. to operate uh, despite the pandemic. So they're built like a five foot tall linebacker. <laughs> So not much is getting through them. Yeah, we have a little bit of this challenge of being, you need to provide enough of a physical presence, but this is not a military product. You can't scare the child and you can't scare grandma, right? So it's got to be somewhere in between like, okay, it's big enough that I'll do a double take and maybe I'll decide not to steal that car right now because I have no idea what that thing does (laughs) without being imposing because we're in, you know, public settings. Well, and you certainly couldn't pick it up and run off with it either. No, that that hasn't happened. I'm sure it will one day, but those <laughs> folks are going to be a little bit surprised when they figure it out. That well, and it's going to leave its own digital trail. Exactly. And it's basically, it's a felony in all 50 states to be tampering oh. uh, with the gains. And, you know, we put a few people in jail and they'll start realizing that you're not supposed to do that. No different than you probably shouldn't mess around with the law enforcement vehicle. We're talking with Bill Lee from Nightscope. We're talking about automation and robotics. The term of automation really came from the automotive industry way before I was born. And I saw the first steps of automation in the assembly line when the union workers were demanding so much money at the automobile factories that the manufacturers started putting in robots to start assembling the cars. Well, now they've gotten even better and bigger and more of them. Now you've taken it, put it into a small package of automation and a lot of other skill sets that no one person can have. And this can be a four-wheeled vehicle in an environment that's in the dirt, from what I understand, as well as on a flat surface uh, around a mall and parking garage. I think that's a wonderful application. Yeah, I'd probably refine that a little bit. Uh, I'm an ex-Ford Motor Company executive, so I'm a little bit fluent in in terms of uh, what's going on in in Detroit. And yes, there's a point in time where there's a lot of automation thrown at the manufacturing plants and this dream of having a lights-out facility with no humans in it. Life is not black and white. And you realize that humans sometimes can do some extraordinary things that it would be an almost an impossibility for a machine to do and vice versa. And so what's happened in the manufacturing plant of software and hardware and humans working together to get 60 jobs an hour out the plant door is actually the same analogous in a, in a funny way here on, on the physical security side of things where Nightscope focuses, where we have the machines do the monotonous and computationally heavy work that no human could do, but the strategic decision-making and enforcement is left for the humans. So a better way to think about it is these are really smart eyes and ears and tools for the officers and guards to do their jobs much more effectively. You can contrast that to the soldiers out in the theater of war 
Uh, you've got 2 million plus soldiers out there, a $700 billion annual budget at Department of Defense, and a Lockheed Martin and a Northrop and a Boeing building you whatever technology you might ever desire. That unfortunately does not happen for the million security guards and the million law enforcement officers. Um, your listeners might want to know that the U.S. Department of Justice and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security have no federal jurisdiction over 19,000 law enforcement agencies and 8,000 private security firms. There's literally no one charge. There's no innovation process. There's no risk capital. And that's why there's a unique opportunity for Nightscope to disrupt this very sleepy industry. And, you know, we have a little bit of a crazy long-term ambition is to see if we can make the United States of America the safest country in the world. And the way to do that is through technology working hand-in-hand with humans. If I came to you and I said, I need this type of security, I'm not happy with what I've got, what type of business, since this is a a business show, what kind of business would I be if I was coming to you and asking you, I need a Nightscope robot that can take care of the security aspects or take care of my needs? Who would I be? It's funny. A lot of folks think it's really expensive and only big time clients like a Samsung or Citizens Bank or you know, we just landed our first federal government contract, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs could afford this. But the effective price is actually, depending on the machine, between $4 an hour and $11 an hour, which compares favorably to some of the guarding solutions that are out there today. We do have small businesses as clients, and all you need to do is go to nightscope.com and request a private demo. Uh, my team will spend half hour, hour trying to understand your wants and needs and the problems that you have. And then we'll let you know if there might be a fit uh, that, yes, we can help you. Or, you know, we'll be really frank with you. Like, that's not, we can't do what you're asking. Or you've got maybe a different solution to look at. But uh, basically, if you've got a crime problem that won't seem to go away, that's usually one of the best opportunities for us. Second, if the solution that you have today is not effective or you're looking to give your guards or your officers more tools for them to cover more ground, those are all opportunities. And what's really problematic, you know, the entire nation is focused on public safety and reimagining it. As I mentioned, there's 2 million humans trying to secure 328 million Americans across 50 states. Yes. The math doesn't work. There's, you know, they're running 24-7. So at any point in time, there's only 500,000 people trying to secure 300 million. That, that just doesn't work. And what is needed sorely is a new level of technology that can really relieve some of the tension and provide the officers and guards more capability so they can do some of the stuff that's more important for a human to do. Do these work hand in hand with the physical law enforcement or security personnel? Yes. So everyone focuses on the shiny objects, the machines themselves, as we call them, autonomous security robots or ASRs. But they feed all that data into a browser-based user interface uh, that you just can get on the Internet. We give you the credentials and passwords and and you're in and you've got access to your machines 24-7 anywhere in the world. You've got an Internet connection. And that provides the officers an ability or the guards to keep an eye on things uh, remotely. So law enforcement agents, for example, uh, we'll use that, what we call the KSOC, the Nightscope Security Operations Center, literally in, in the 911 dispatch area. So they're able to patrol a portion of the city that they don't have the officers to cover right now. Are all of your units mobile or do you have stationary ones that even blend into the surrounding areas? Yeah, we have the uh, the K1 stationary machine that has all the capabilities of all the other machines. It, it just happens to typically sit at ingress, egress locations where there is a lot of humans or vehicles coming in and out. 
you've got the alarm system. If somebody walks out of, say, I'm going to just use Best Buy, and they didn't pay for the item or they didn't get the RFID dismantled, this unit at the door would take a permanent record of whoever walked through it at that time, a picture of them and everything. Yes. And keep in mind, it's 360 degree, high definition, eye level information and video capture, as opposed to a lot of video systems are really good at getting the top of your head. Um, <laughs> and then when you go submit it for evidence, like you can't tell what the heck's going on or if the camera's even working or if it's even been monitored or upgraded in the last several years. So, yes, this provides a, a, a literally a complete different vantage point to help with incidents and, and response. Bill, I want to take a step back to when you got involved with this. How did this company come about? In every business, there's the idea, the people, there's the execution, the solution and such. So what was the idea behind creating these autonomous vehicles? What was the genesis behind that? There's two answers uh, for that for me. Uh, One's personal, one's professional. The professional answer is as an ex-automotive executive, I I believe that self-driving technology is going to turn the world completely upside down. I'm just not in agreement in the path to commercialize uh, the technology. So back in 2013, I said it's going to take a very long time for you to get into a self-driving autonomous vehicle without a human in it and have it drive you around. I would suggest that there's probably no one on this call that's ever done that before and is not doing it today. It's the year 2020. No one shipped anything just yet. Part of it is because it's everyone's trying to work on the most difficult problem first, as opposed to what we try to do is the crawl, walk, run approach. So Now that we've operated more than 1 million hours out in the field across five time zones, we're coming up on our fourth winter, we've got this working at one to three miles an hour. And then little by little, we'll go three to 10, 10 to 15, et cetera, and manage our way to commercializing the technology in a much faster and sane manner. So that's kind of more of a technical interest. The personal answer is uh, I was born in New York City uh, and someone hit my town on 9-11 and I'm still profoundly ticked off about it. And so since then, I've dedicated my life to better securing our country. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, the way the country is set up, as much as I love it, is structurally flawed in helping officers and guards actually have new tools and capabilities. This is why in the year 2020, you have security guards sitting in a parking lot with a number two pencil and a notepad. It is horrendous and absolutely beneath the dignity of this nation for people to get up on our own soil, uh, willing to take a bullet for you and your family, and level of capability we provide to them is laughable. And I think that's, you know, what gets me up every morning and what drives me to do slightly irrational things uh, to make this all work. You got into Nightscope in the walk, crawl, run mode, and there's the new technology, or not so new now, but it's being deployed, and that's 5G. Are your units, your autonomous vehicles, are they dependent upon 5G or can it be just local or the 4G? We're primarily on 4G, and despite all the hoopla on TV about 5G, it's not permeated throughout the entire nation just yet. Your vehicles aren't dependent upon a technology that is evolving or wouldn't even be available. 5G is going to enable us to do some more interesting things, but it's it's certainly not a, a linchpin to commercialize the technology. We're already been shipping product for years. You've been shipping product all around the world? Uh, U.S. only. Just strictly the U.S. Okay, so you have law enforcement that uses it, malls, airports? Airports, we're about to deploy one in uh, Texas airport, a rail transit uh, area, uh, actually a private residence in Los Angeles. We just signed a contract for water utility 
we're up on our fifth hospital, I believe. So it's, uh, again, interesting opportunities. Once you start thinking about it, uh, the possibilities are almost endless. Well, if it's in a hospital or multi-floor, how does it push the elevator buttons? Most of the crime actually happens outside. <laughs> okay. uh, most people think it's, it's indoors. It, it's not. We do go up, like in Colorado, we're up and down a nine-story parking structure. So the machines can, can go up and down that, no, no problem. I find that as a person, I don't really see them. Or It took me a while to understand when I saw one just what it was. And at first, I didn't know what to think of it. But it had the ability to scan everything, everybody around and take a record of it. And as one of our presidents so famously said, there is no privacy these days. And it sounds like your little guys or your big guys, your linebackers, are collecting all that information everywhere we go. Yes, but we're 50 state regulatory compliant. We're in public areas, so the concept of privacy just doesn't apply. You know, we're not in someone's conference room or, or the restroom or something like that or someone's private home. You're on public property, or if our client's private property, then you're on private property, but it's in a public area. So basically all the technologies that are out there today are already being uh, utilized. As a multifamily unit landlord on a larger project, would this be something that would work well for me as a apartment owner with my complex? Yes, absolutely. HOA kind of clients or commercial property that multiple tenants or multiple residents or even a, you know, a subdivision or a gated community. I mean, especially if there's a has been a guard. The other issue is that the jobs aren't all that consistent. So you've got 100 to 400 percent employee turnover rates and they can't keep the guards in the job because it's almost not a job or sufficiently paid well job. So what we'd like to do is promote the guards uh, right. to have more capabilities and, and be paid appropriately for what a human uh, should be doing. But uh, yeah, uh, if, uh, if there are guards already uh, at that apartment complex or, or subdivision or, or student housing for that matter, certainly an opportunity for the technology. Your passion is to make the environment safer and our country safer. What are some of the things that you are doing to deploy this into areas that would perhaps safeguard us from other attacks on our person and our country? What we want to do is over time put thousands and thousands of these out in, in the field and then get them to do a hundred times more than a human could possibly ever do. So, for example, the machines can detect a mobile device that I mentioned earlier, right? And let's right. just say a, uh, a hypothetical situation. You're in Times Square in New York, and there's a cell phone that has not moved in the last 17 hours. No human's going to be able to detect that. Did someone lose their phone? Or is that tied to something much more nefarious? Yes. Or can you teach the machines to listen for different kinds of sounds and localize that sound, meaning what direction did it come from? Uh, and be able to feed that with a timestamp uh, to a human to analyze. So the more you understand from the environment, the better you're going to be able to secure it. Well, they have technology that that triangulates gunshots where they can s send officers off to a neighborhood when a gunshot is heard. Being that this will hear and see things, would it be able to assist law enforcement or other security services if there was an explosion or a gunshot and point them in the right direction? Exactly. That's on our on our roadmap to have the machines be able to uh, do exactly that. So if I've got more than one of these roaming around, say, a mall or a casino, are they communicating or triangulating if, and keeping things more secure because they are able to communicate between each other? Indirectly, they all feed into the same mothership uh, application. So 
you know, one of our clients that has six machines in one location. And so all that data is being fed into that user interface. And they've got a bird's eye view of everything going on and where things might get tripped. For example, they're a big proponent of facial recognition and they upload photographs of folks that they've had to throw out. Uh, either card counting, drug dealing, vandalism, whatever it is. And these folks, they don't want them on their premises, so uh, they can easily have the machines to be on the lookout for them. Similarly, they can actually do that for their VIP guests and be able to say, hey, our whale client from last weekend just arrived at door three. Someone from guest services get down there. So what I'm looking at is the security aspect of it. And if I am a tenant, say I'm a triple net tenant in a mall and such, and I see these wandering about, I should feel more secure because they're keeping track very quietly of all the activity that's going on. And if there is something nefarious that has occurred or quite possibly could occur as a result of the communication and the data that has been gathered, it's more comforting to me as a business owner knowing that these nights robots are cruising around keeping track of everybody. Yeah, you don't have to take my word for it. If you just go to nightscope.com slash crime, you can see all the data there, including data from a law enforcement agency of all the things that the machines have been able to do from helping a law enforcement agency apprehend an armed gunman to another law enforcement agency, helping them with a a domestic abuse situation to having a security guard apprehend a a thief, uh, stopping a, a fraudulent insurance claim, and you'll, you'll see there that the list goes on and on. And we've we just gotten started. So we've proven that technology works. Now it's time to scale it up across the nation. There's been a lot of talk in recent months about the defunding the police departments. Does Nightscope have any opportunities? Of, because they're talking about moving money around. Is the type of service that Nightsco provides one of those services that the cities that are claiming to defund? Is this one of the things that they may be interested in that could help them out? I don't like the word defund. I, reimagining the the system's broken. You cannot possibly have nineteen thousand agencies, eight thousand private security firms, all uh, every man, woman, and child for themselves, uh, all running different processes and everything else, and none of them with any advanced tools and and capabilities, less our clients. And for us, yes, there's an opportunity, but it's the same opportunity why we started to work on this in 2013. And we've been almost screaming at the top of our lungs for the last seven years that this needs to get fixed. And now we're grateful and excited that the entire nation is now focused on the same problem that we've been touting about, that there is a problem here. Uh, we can be part of that greater solution and hopefully tone down the, the tensions and actually start working on solutions to the problem. Well, I have to admire the vision that you have with Nightscope and your robots. And I was fascinated when I came across them and to learn that I could have you, the CEO of the company, on my show to talk about <laughs> what they are where to find them. And if I was a private citizen, as you said that in Los Angeles, somebody's getting one of these, what does a private citizen need with one of these? Or is it just because they can? It's, it's someone that does actually have a genuine need. It's not a it's not a toy for them. They uh, It's a large property. And Okay, well, I've got large properties too, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> they, they have no arms. I can't put a rope on them and tell them to go get that steer. That's a different version. For a small fee, we can work on that. <laughs> we get some arms on it, yes. Bill, I want to thank you for being on this Serving of Business Soup. It's been a pleasure and it's an honor to have you come on and talk about 
this amazing technology that you have implemented into Nightscope. Bill, thanks for being on Business Soup. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And don't forget to visit nightscope.com and please be safe out there. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.